This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer. Hello, Richard. How are you? I am doing fabulous. How are you? I am enjoying another day in fantasy land. Today's backdrop is uh, somewhere back on the East Coast, and I just thought it was appropriate for today's exploration of the flip side. Woohoo! <laughs> um, tell us about you. What's going on with you? How are you? I am great. I have, I celebrated somebody's birthday yesterday and Wednesday night, and she's amazing. I'm just really grateful for all my friends right now. It's a good, good place to be. Yes. And yeah, did, I, did I need to have that extra glass of Chardonnay cougar crack? Probably not. <laughs> extra? But, it's not extra if it's required. Right. <laughs> right. No, lots of fun. I'm just feeling very grateful, I guess. And very I'm looking good. at the ocean and it's 70 degrees out. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't right. get much better than that. Excellent. Think. Well, I can tell you oh, that. Yes, it does. Actually, it does. Because you introduced me to the book called After, which I love. It is amazing. Gotta, are you listening to it or reading it? I'm listening to it because I have to listen to my books. That's how no, I no, that's it. great. I, I was just curious because it, it does. He narrates it. Narrates it, correct? No. Who? So who narrates it? I don't know. Some guy I don't know, but I I could even tolerate the voice. Okay, very good. And the book that she's referring to is by our friend, my friend, Dr. Bruce Grayson, who uh, was at the University of Virginia for so many years. And he was the head of DOPS, the Department of Perceptual Studies. And I met him early on in my journey into this research. People are fans of Flipside. Actually, It's a Wonderful Afterlife is is when I... Oh, I met you. Yeah, that's right. And I interviewed him for the book, It's a Wonderful Afterlife, because I had this weird experience of bringing Flipside, the documentary and the book, to uh, IONS, the International Association of Near-Death Studies, which is something he founded. And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't and, know that, actually. Yeah, well, and the odd thing was my friend uh, was was driving me to this venue in Virginia Beach, and she said, "I'm gonna, we're going to stop at my friend's house. Bruce Grayson, and I looked him up and I said, oh my gosh, this is a guy who's been doing this research. And I reached out to him and he he gave copies of Flipside to all of the scientists at the University of Virginia. So when I got there. Wow, that's great. I remember you telling me that. I didn't know it was that guy. That's that guy. And so I was had, I had a chance to have a meeting with him and, you know, it with it DOPS with all these scientists. And uh, thank God I had read a little bit about how DOPS was created. So I had answers to the more difficult questions they had as scientists. And what I love about his, uh, his book and uh, what I love about, and I recommend it for everybody. Is Everyone, yes. He's a, he's a scientist talking about science things. But at the same time, he says repeatedly, try to be open to whatever the science or whatever the data shows you, whether it's a spiritual answer or whether it's a science answer. Right. And he, he's, and he says, he goes, and I am not pro for either one. He stays neutral. He stays Switzerland, which I find, which I think is great. And it allows us to talk about this stuff and not be, 
barraged by people on both sides of the fence, scientists or religious people, saying, well, this isn't what everybody else has said. Right, and what each count is different, just like you and I have seen. There's an underlying theme, you know, that he talks about as far as time is concerned over there, which, you know, you and I have tackled a little bit. But it's just, it's, I mean, I had the chills the whole time I was listening to it. And I'm like, ah! Well, show people your notebook for a second, would you? Just to make sure people are aware that you and I have not discussed what we're about to talk about. No. Okay. And I don't think there's any mistake that you mentioned. If you, think, if you guys think that, then you shouldn't be listening to it. <laughs> because <laughs> our only discussion every Thursday is, hey, are we seeing each other? <laughs> yeah. Swear to what, God. What time are, yeah, what time is it? <laughs> so, but the, uh, the reason I mention it, and it, there's no mistake, as we've learned, why you would mention Bruce and his book. Because today... I'm going to try to access someone that Bruce knew. Okay. Okay. All right. And I'm not going to tell you who that is. You might be able to guess because you've been listening to his book, but that doesn't matter. I'm only, in the, I'm only in like the fourth chapter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because also I have done a lot of research about this person and I know you have not. And I'm just going to give you his first name. Okay. It's Ian. I-A-N. Ian. And isn't of course, that, isn't that the near death? That's what the initials are for near death studies, right? The Ian. That's funny. I never noticed that. International yeah. Association of Near Death Studies. That's funny. I had no idea. But yeah, this guy's name is Ian. And of course, we always ask our friend Luana on the flip side, who uh, I had a conversation with a couple of days ago, whether this is the person we're supposed to talk with today. Yeah. Okay, very good. And first of all, Lou, is he ready to talk to us? Is this something he wants to do, or are you dragging him in by his ear? Well, she just went like this to her pretend watch and pointed at me. She's like, yeah, we've been waiting because I was running late. Okay, very good. And it really wasn't because until Bruce's book that I realized, oh, we've got to do this. All right, so Ian, I'm going to ask you some really specific questions, sir. I'm going to act I'm going to do as best as I can to make this an interview that anybody who tuning in might understand. First of all, um, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And tell me, are you seeing a young guy, an old guy, about how old? They're laughing about it because it, <laughs> what came to mind was somebody really old, but I'm getting somebody young, young and like, um, and it, this is going to be tricky because I keep getting climbing, and I know there's a story in the book about a climber, right? That had a near Okay, I, I understand. I haven't I have gotten. That, I, I, have, I have to push that away because that's what keeps. I, so when I get shown him, I get shown him being climbing a mountain or you know climbing. But I also that's also interpretation that could be um, pioneer. A, a pioneer, somebody that somebody that also. Um, uh, is athletic or energetic or whatever. So that's what he's showing me. He's showing me younger. Okay, very good. Oh. And Go ahead. Fuck. See, it sucks if I know information. Because then I got Albert Einstein. Okay. 
Well, don't worry about that. I uh, allow allow those images. Uh, just okay. mention them, and I'll unpack them if we need to. Science is important. Yeah, well, and that is a scientist. So, but I'm going to ask you personal questions, Ian. Yeah, do that. Uh, so, who was? What was your experience crossing over to the afterlife, and who was there to greet you? Oh. Okay, so I'm. I felt his hand being held before he crossed. So he's showing me a scene where he was in, in a bed and someone was holding his hand. So I presume I felt him being sick, maybe with cancer or something uh, like that. But yeah, he was sick in bed. He, he had pneumonia. He had pneumonia. Okay. I didn't look, but it just, I just felt someone can, hold on. So yeah. He felt, he felt, show me again. He was consoled. Or consoled, sorry. He was comforted about the other side. So whoever was holding his hand was comforting him, saying it's not, you know, he, they talked about the light or they talked, they said it's not scary, that kind of thing. But I felt the sadness from this other person. So I, I don't like the sadness. So you, so you think the person might have been on the planet holding his hand? Is yes. That what you're saying? Okay, yeah. very good. And, but l let's ask Ian, was this your wife or was this your, somebody, a sibling or a sister or who was this holding your hand? It almost felt like Bruce or someone like Bruce. So somebody, it felt like somebody that was either. Somebody like Bruce. Okay, let's not judge it. I don't know what his, you know, his crossing like over. Son or something like that. Okay, but my question for you, Ian, once you crossed over, who was there to greet you? Or who was, what was the first point that you were greeted by somebody or realized where you were? It was like an aunt. That's interesting. Hold on. Somebody that was like a mother to him. I'm not necessarily getting a mother. So either his aunt. Um, aunt, okay. Or it could have been, I mean. Her aunt. Somebody close, somebody that was a family member. Um, well, he did. He was married before, and she had passed over. So I can ask him, was it, was it your first wife who greeted you, or was it somebody else? It was a lot of people. He was just going, but he recognized. Now oh, that's interesting. He felt his wife, but he recognized his aunt. So okay, there was very good. Yeah, what, no, I appreciate that, that. I haven't heard that before. I appreciate that. And so what was that like for you as an experience? Here you were, you had studied. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Thank you. Unconditional love. And now I want to talk about your research a little bit because you spent most of your life studying oh, this work. Right. And right. the reason I chose the backdrop today is because this is your town, Charlottesville, and this is a photograph from your town. Okay. So, so when you crossed over and you had spent many years of your life studying this work, what was the experience realizing what the truth was or what you understood to be the truth? It was more than what I even conceptually knew on earth here. Wow. Okay. He's showing me how connected, like he's showing me like being over there, but yet being immersed in somebody's energy here. He's showing how connected we are, how there's nothing separate. 
That's what it's like. Only the difference is they know it on the other side. We don't. You spent a lot of time studying reincarnation. You went to people's homes and met their families all over the world. And were, did you meet any of those people on the flip side, or did you learn anything new about reincarnation? Does this have to do with Moody, too, or something like that? Yeah, yes, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because okay, he said Moody. Um, so, well, let's ask him what he means about Mo Moody. Were was he a teacher to him? Like, was he they were colleagues, yeah. They were both teachers at the University of Virginia, Dr. Okay. Ray Moody. Okay, hold on a second. It was really Moody's work that got him intrigued, it feels like, that got him interested in all this. Okay, Dr. Uh, Moody, for the audience tuning in, wrote the book, uh, he coined the phrase, near-death experience. That's it, that's it. Okay, and, hold on. And, I'm sorry, what was your question? I'm, my question really oh, was... Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on, sorry. That's, that's it's all right. <laughs> they put it back in my head. It's not gonna, like, what a way. They put it back in my head, like, no, about the... About, what I thought here versus there. All the knowledge of all the knowledge of all of your lives comes at once. You could say that. Okay. I'm like, so you know who you are when you leave? And he's like, you could say that. Um it's much more complicated. Ow. Like that noise that I hear. Like when it's a frequency break. So I, so just so the audience knows, every once in a while, I feel like I'm, I always call it, I'm being bum-rushed by a spirit. Like, if they get too close, I get this loud pitch in my ear. And at nighttime, I hear it all, the, you know, I'm able to sleep. It's like white noise for me. But the veil is very thin, I believe, or there is no veil. Um, and you can, a lot of people hear that noise, that buzzing sound. It's not tendonitis or tinnitus. It's but it is the frequency that you can hear. Well, I hear it all the time. That being said, he's saying it's much more complicated like that sound, and that's what he made me hear when he came close. Okay. Um, in all but, the dimensions, he was describing the dimensions. So let me ask you a little bit about your research. So in your research, uh, and one of your books is called Reincarnation Biology with 200 Cases, you talked about people having, and this was part of your evidence, People, like if they got shot in the arm, there might be a birthmark on, in the reincarnation of that person. If you could explain, how, how does that work? He showed me a freckle on somebody or a mole. Yeah. How does that work? How does the body know to recreate that wound? Huh. I don't even know how I'm going to describe this. So you know the, the, the symbol for medicine you know this. It's it's a DNA. Yeah, yeah, I know it. Uh, well, it's a. I forget what it's called, but it's a, a pole, and then almost like a. a to me, it looks like. Pole. So to me, it looks like DNA. So he's showing me that, and then he's showing me right next to it, um, a what how I see spirit, where it's like a tr translucent color. Okay. Before they come into here, um, show me again. So you pick up things that you've had in other lifetimes and it gets in like, what do you want to say? So instead of getting imprinted in your DNA, it's imprinted in your consciousness that carries through. All right. So let's clarify. We've talked about this blueprints of each lifetime. When they intersect, if you look at a blueprint as translucent, when they intersect, we call that deja vu. 
where they intersect. So are the blueprints laid on top of each other and it's almost like one of the blueprints picks up another one? You're tapping your nose for, yes, that's they correct. Say, yeah, so they also say it's for us not to, for us to remember, like it's something for us to remember. Okay, and uh, doc, Dr. Stevenson, that's your last name. Ian, I wanna ask you to put a phrase or a word in, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna ask you this repeatedly until the end of this segment. The show. Hypothetical. Uh, that's the word that you want me to put in, Jennifer's. Hold on. Hypothetical? Hypothetical. Hypothetical. <laughs> of course, I'm like, how do you spell that again? It's a hypa or hypa? Hypo. Anyway, hypothetical. Uh, hold on. I'm sorry. But this phrase, this word, is very important. I will explain it to you why later on. But I want you. I want him to repeat it throughout the, the interview. If that's the word that I'm looking for, he knows what I'm talking about. I'm looking for a word or a phrase. Jennifer has no idea why, none whatsoever. People tuning in might know why I'm asking for this phrase or a word. Is the word hypothetical? Is that the word I'm looking for? It is with another meaning. Okay. In another language or another meaning? I'm looking for a specific, another meaning. Okay. How you, so, Dean, Ian, I want to be clear. You know why I'm asking this question. He's, that, he, he's showing a bunch of people walking around as if we're all walking hypotheticals. Okay. Well, that's an interesting observation. And that might be more to his point. But I just want to reiterate, Ian, I'm going to ask you for a phrase or a word, literal word, in English, could be in another language, I don't know what language it's in, but you're going to tell Jennifer what the word is that I'm looking for. Okay, just put that aside. Okay, Ian, I want you to please, and if it's the word is hypothetical, then that's the word, that's fine. It's okay, I'm not arguing, but I just want to point that out. So let's talk about a couple of things. First of all, when I met with uh, Bruce, and of course, do you have anything to say to Bruce? He's talking to me. Hold on a second. Go ahead. It's his, he has the floor. We give meaning to things that are hard to describe. Um, as humans, we want to be able to describe everything. And so there's feelings associated to the near-death experiences that are that words can't describe there's not a language it feels like thank you he says we did our best to put meaning to near-death experiences but there's so much more than that so much more than that sorry go ahead no no, no very good that's brilliant of course I love the phrase walking hypothetical. That's what we all are, right? As humans, as, as, we, as we inhabit uh, the human body with our conscious energy. If you could talk a little bit about that, Ian, from your perspective, the incarnation process, apparently, in the research we've been doing. <laughs> he looked at, he, so what he did is he showed me looking at my closet, like, what, what am I going to wear today? Meaning, like, what body am I going to have this time? Do I want that body? Do I want that body? Did I have okay. that? You know? We've heard that, that it's a choice. 
And then in the process of incarnation that we bring a certain percentage of our conscious energy to that lifetime. Is that accurate? And how much did you bring to your lifetime? Got it. I'm like, so I'm having an argument with him. I'm like, well, then why would you pick an ugly or, you know, and he's like, it's about what you're trying to accomplish here. Whatever, yeah. whatever. So you pick what's, you know, you're going to pick an athletic body if that's what you're going to be, like, if you're going to be playing basketball. You're not going to pick, you know, something else. Um, hold on a second. Wow, I just got zapped. Um, I'm so sorry. Ask the question again. <laughs> How does consciousness work? Why do we bring a certain portion of energy into a, our, our costume that we're going to wear? And how much did you bring to your lifetime? What percentage did you bring to your, con your lifetime of your conscious energy? He said, I thought when I was here, I brought 90 to 98% of my conscious energy. What I realized, it was less than half of a half of a half of like a billion, you know. Like a smaller portion. I mean, we've heard people tell us about 25% or something like that, or 30% or a third. We've heard that often. He says, again, we're trying to put terms to something that's... That's hard to... Uh, hard it, to doesn't, it doesn't do it any justice, he said. Okay, very good. But just as a scientist, right. the data shows that people bring, I've heard it many times, about a third of their conscious energy to a particular lifetime. Yes. I, I am correct. Okay. That's, I guess. What he's saying doesn't equal 100%. I see. And it's much it's more complex than that. It's infinitesimal because if you take our energy and you take our soul's energy and you take all the energy that we're connected to, he's like. I see. He's having me look at this huge mountain. He's I like, see. That's not. I get it. That's why you're less than like half of a half of a half of a billionth of a whatever. I, I get it. And I appreciate that. He's amending what I'm saying, which is I tell people, look, we only bring about a third of our conscious energy to a lifetime. But what he's saying is that two thirds that's back home is connected to all the conscious energy. So we're, he says God. So yeah, if you think of God as a word like ocean, so all of the conscious energy that exists out there is this ocean. And we bring a small portion to this little fish that's swimming around in the goofy costume. Okay, <laughs> I know I hate to, I, I don't want to sound didactic, uh, but I am. So message for Bruce, I only have you for so long today. So message for Bruce, uh, Grayson, anything. The book is a great prequel. His book, this book is a great prequel to his next two books and which one is a memoir. That's what they're saying. Lovely. How about Dr. Jim Tucker? He needs to slow down. There's something about him needing to slow down. Okay. Any he's like, wait, I don't know. He's showing me skiing too. So I don't know. I'm not saying that he's a skier, but, or it could be he's way over his skis and trying to explain things. I'm not sure. Hold on. So he's showing me how Dr. Jim Tucker wants so bad to get so much information out. Like he feels like there's a time limit that he's going to get capped at. Kind of like you do with me right now. Like you're like, I'm like, no, 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 no. But he's saying, okay, show me again. It's going to be okay. The work, everything's going to get out. He doesn't need to go so fast, I guess. 
Okay, that's a lovely sentiment. Simplify it. Um, again, back to words and meanings. He's saying simplify it. I know that he's got 1,500 reincarnation cases on his desk right now, you know, that he's trying to verify from a scientific method. That's what he's talking about, yeah. Okay. He, okay. he doesn't have to. It's, it's not his job to make sure everybody gets heard. Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, Ed or Emily Kelly, also members of his organization. Do they have like a grandchild or a baby that just came? Ed or Emily? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. Ed or Emily? A message to Ed Kelly? Oh, Ed Kelly. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just wanted... Or Emily Kelly. They're both members of Dobbs. Oh, wow. They're, they're getting a standing ovation. Like everybody's clapping over there. So I don't know what they've done, but they're getting like. They're, for, for people out there. So proud. In. They said, we're so proud of them. Um, they went way beyond whatever they were supposed to do with whatever they're doing. Um, wow. Nice. And there's something with either clean energy or they're doing something with clean energy or the planet. Um, well, I'll tell you what they're doing. It's a, they wrote a book called Irreducible Mind. It's something for all universities, psychology departments. They work on ESP, which is now called PSI, PSI mm -hmm. Energy. So they write about that. They do peer-reviewed studies. They do lab work. They test yeah. it, that kind of stuff. Both oh, scientists. They were trying to show me energy. That's interesting. Yeah, clear energy. So they're dealing with energy. the clear energy between consciousness and the flip side. Are, are, uh, are Ian, are you helping these guys? Are you helping the, these people? If so, how? It's a full-time job. And I thought I was busy down here. <laughs> That's funny. We lead them. We don't do the work for them, but we lead them where they need We make the coincidences happen. The, e the ESP happen. They, they make the energy happen that is necessary for them to take the next step in their work. So let me ask you a pointed question. When I went to UVA. Oh, by the way, they say they at least know to ask. They at least know to ask. Well, that's good. When I went to UVA to have this discussion, the first thing they said to me is, you know, we at DOPS don't consider hypnosis, which is what I was studying at the time, to be a valid tool of science because a bias and I try to point out that even if there was bias, you have thousands of people all over the globe saying the same things about the afterlife. I just want to hear an amended opinion of yours, sir, if you have amended it, about the value of hypnotherapy. There was never a question of the value of hypnotherapy. There was only a question of making it scientific. And have he people says, done that? He says we're both right. <laughs> well, have people done that now? Are people doing that? They're trying, but it feels like they're hitting a wall. It, is that because people have their own experience? I call it reflexive experience, where you, you go into the flip side or a near-death event, and you see things from your multiple lifetimes how you want to see it, and not just this lifetime, but over many lifetimes. Right. It's just hard to prove. And so they're trying. They're doing it. That's what that other doctor, the first doctor that you talked about that you said that has all those case studies, 
Dr. Grayson. No, oh, I'm saying the, the following two books. So. Uh, right, I understand. Oh, okay. So you're saying Bruce has got two more books to come. Right. Right, very right. good. One's a memoir, and the other one is, um, yeah, there's a lot. Well, I got a note from Bruce because I sent him a copy of Architecture of the Afterlife. And uh, I think he had just read the last chapter <laughs> because the, the title attracted him somehow. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. I will send him a copy of this, uh, this conversation, Ian. So what else do you want to tell us about the flip side, if anything? We're trying to figure out a way to wake people up over here, more people up over here. Wake people up over there? No, over here. Oh, over on our side. Yeah, he's like, everybody's already, there's no sleeping over there. <laughs> um, you can actually, I take that back, I guess you can make up a nap. <laughs> we could chill, right? You could right. construct a nap. Yeah, there's no sleeping when you're dead. Um, that's funny. Uh, it was actually pretty funny. That you are loved beyond belief. That you are loved beyond belief. Message to people on the planet to realize this about the ones who love them from the other side. You are loved beyond belief. belief. So again, I want to re I'm return to this question of a phrase or a word that's associated with something that you left behind, Ian. And you had said that you would come through and give somebody this phrase or word. And, and I'm asking you, do you want to do that? And if you don't want to do that, that's okay, fine. I'm going to show you what he's showing me. I feel like I'm in a hospital or a lab. Okay. Um, I almost want to say I know what you're thinking. Okay. Like as if ESP. Like so you mean that, I, but I'm asking, is that the phrase? I know what you're thinking? I mean, it's hard because... He, he's giving Jennifer images, and then we have to translate them. Yeah, he's saying, he says, you don't have to know what I'm thinking. Hold on. Because you have everything you need from within. Okay. But here's the thing. We have a puzzle, all right? Let's just call it that. Let's just pretend we have a puzzle. Ian left behind a puzzle. The answer to the puzzle is a word or a phrase that he's gonna put in your mind visually. He showed me visually something charging or something sparking. Like okay. if you take two batteries and like charge them. Okay, let's talk about that. Is the word batteries? Yeah, it feels like it. It's either batteries or an electric charge. All right, let's, let's, let's ask. Is, it, is the phrase electric charge? He showed me Einstein, and he showed me the theory of relativity. Oh, is it E equals MC squared? Okay. That would be, that would be, uh, it kind of how, well, that would be how energy is created, you see? Okay. E equals MC squared relates to how energy is created. Is that, is the phrase E equals MC squared? Maybe that's why he showed you Einstein at the beginning. He knew what I was going to ask, and he yeah, started, he is. led with the freaking phrase. Okay, let's, uh, all right, I'm going to, I hate to sound like I'm belaboring the point, 
And I don't want to tell Jennifer why, because then that would influence her answer. Uh, but E, now let me ask you, I just want to be specific, Ian. Do I have to spell it out? E, E Q U A L S M C 2? Or is it E equal sign MC2 for this puzzle? Oh, spelled out. It's spelled okay. out. Thank you. You see how I get to ask like more clarity questions? Mm -hmm. E equals M. Is it the whole word? Energy equals mass? No, it probably isn't. That's too much. But is it E equals MC2? Spell it out, he says. Spell it out. All right, well, there's options, all right? E, energy equals mass constant, mass X constant 2, or times 2. Is that correct? You'll look it up. He just keeps showing me Einstein. <laughs> okay, very good. All right. Uh, I know the audience wants to know why I'm curious about this, uh, but you know what? You have to look up Ian Stevenson. That's what you do. And if you look up Ian Stevenson, you'll know why I asked this question. And don't you? No, you don't look him up. You just write down I'm not. Ian. I just was writing down his name. <laughs> all right, there you go. All Ian. I had. Ian. <laughs> uh, Ian. Okay, I will tell you. I am. Because I have this idea to prove that Ian exists. And what I would do is have a number of brilliant mediums like Jennifer ask him the same question and see if we get the same answer. She knows I've done this before. We've done this before. We did it with Bill Paxson. I get it. I get yeah, it. she has no problem with it. That's why I love her. Because it's like, it's science, you know, get as many people as you can to answer this question. And if it's accurate, we have proven that Ian still exists. You see? Okay, that's why we're doing this kind of goofy thing. I love Ian, it. Ian, we love you. Thank you for showing up. Um, so I asked about everybody that I, I'm aware of that you knew. Oh, he wants to talk about you. Hold on. I know you didn't know. I mean, well, you know. No, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, he dropped something in your head. Hold on. One. It feels like two nights ago. Okay. Two nights ago, I did have a weird conversation with somebody in my sleep. Thank uh, you. He said it was him. Okay. And what was the drop? Was it to have this conversation? Eventually, yeah. Yes. Okay, very good. And I got to tell you that it must have been... <laughs> Why do they keep showing me Albert? All right, just so you know, I've been shown Albert Einstein at least four or five times. So Okay. Well, Ian, let me ask you, is is it related to Albert's name? Albert Einstein? Would be the phrase would the phrase be Albert Einstein or E E equals M C squared? It feels like there I mean I keep getting E equals M C squared. But I'm also seeing it, so whatever. All right, so. I think, because, he's, just, I think he's just practicing, actually. <laughs> well, Ian, Luana, let's turn it over to Lou. Lou, does Albert want to come forward and talk to us at all? Is he lurking? Is that what he showed up? And he's been there. We've talked We're to him. There. I think there's a whole group. I mean, I just saw Hawking as well, Stephen Hawking. So. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. No, um, no, that's it. 
Does anybody want to jump in? It's a, you know, it's up to you guys. Come on. We're just the moderators here. Huh. Huh. They're trying to figure out a way to bring more of their conscious mind here. Ooh, got the chills. So they're, they're like all working on energy. Like, so instead of, they said they're trying to figure out a blueprint that would allow us to take our evolution to the next step, our human evolution to the next step. Okay, I understand. It may, yeah. let me just put this by you, Albert, uh, Stephen, guys. Are you talking about like an app? Or are you talking about like a process? Or are you talking about reaching out to individual beings here on the planet to tap them on the shoulder and say, look down this avenue? Tap them on the shoulder. Look tap down them on the shoulder. Avenue. So, yeah, and I'm trying, and we're trying to do that. We're trying to show people that you can ask scientists questions if you set aside your disbelief for half an hour, okay. an hour, and just start asking them questions and say, I have a problem with this answer. Can you show me some visual? You don't have to hear, I don't have to hear it to look for audible answers. Very hard to make wind move. But I want a visual image to the answer to my question. And the question might be anything from how do we get energy out of water? That was one question that Nikola Tesla came forward and told us that there was nuclear energy in water. I did not know that. He said that he was a pure channel. When he was here on the planet. That makes, that makes total sense. He was a pure, he was a mystic. He was a pure channel and wanted to just like, and just like Albert, um, they would give them endpoints and then they would figure out the in-between. How to get there. I just wanted to say Nicola pointed out that there was nuclear energy in water and then Wall Street Journal that month came out with an article about there's uranium in salt water that is safe because it's not radioactive. And people are figuring out how to take it out of water, salt water, and turn it into energy. And didn't we discuss this like five years ago that they were going to figure that out? Well, it's in when book. that happen? I think it's in book number two. So that had to be at least four years ago. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I keep seeing jet fuel being made from the ocean water. Very good. Well, I think that's, I think that's going to happen. So, so therefore... The point of this exercise is not to prove that Ian Stevens still exists. He does. It's to prove that we can ask him questions and get answers about the research, about how to put on a suit, about how to pick the suit out of the closet, why you pick a suit out of the closet, why we incarnate, why we choose to come here. All of this stuff is knowable if we ask. The problem is getting people to ask. Right. Luana, speaking of asking, yeah. I have to go. you have to go in a minute. Oh. Lo, Lo, anybody else we need to talk to? No, nobody that we could talk to. Well, let's, Lo, I appreciate you bringing Ian in. Ian, I appreciate you talking to us. What an unusual conversation. Thank you so much. And Albert and Stephen and all you guys, 
We'll have to table this for a future. It. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't make it complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, you made it really wonderfully simple, and I appreciate it. We're going to try to use E equals MC squared in the contest that I'm referring to that Jennifer doesn't know anything about. Nope. Thank you so much, Jennifer. We love you. Have a right. safe and happy week, and we'll catch you on the flip side. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on gaia.com via Amazon Prime.